0: Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for joining us um, today in our living room to your living room. My name is Craig, one of the pastors here at Hope Jersey City. And today we'll be concluding our sermon series on unshaken hope. Um, we'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. So, if you have your Bibles, you can join us, but we'll also have it on the screen with you for you here. This is what it says 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comforts too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength and that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Um, Would you pray with me as we uh, start our sermon? God, we pray you speak to us. Let your word minister to each and every one of us that are listening. Um, I pray you convict us, you transform us. And that you make us the people you have called us to be, that we may be true, true followers of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now it's been, this is what, the third week that we've been um, streaming live to your home. And I know um, the last couple of weeks has come with as many troubles and as many trials, the loss of jobs, the loss of of our normal routines, um, parents who are doubling up, caring for their kids and working at home, um, working from home, I should say, the loss of freedom because we're all stuck in in our homes. And we also, we have many folks who are in hospitals who um, are experiencing pain and dying. And all of us are experiencing this economic uncertainty and it really, it lingers in the air. I mean, this disruption is at a scale that we have never experienced in our generation. Yet, I would say that one of the good things that we have come to experience is this scale of disruption has collectively awoken us to the illusion of control, to the illusion of our self-sufficiency. But even better yet, I think this kind of disruption provides us an opportunity um, an opportunity to experience the grace, the comfort, and deliverance of our God. I think this painful, the painful burdens of suffering and, and affliction paves the way for us to receive the, the, the God's redemptive comfort and deliverance. That even as we lean into our discomforts, as much as it, it hurts that we can actually experience God's redemption, God's grace and love. I think what here Paul points us, for us here, uh, there's three things I I would like to talk about that Paul actually points to us that, that embodies this redemption and this comfort and deliverance that we can experience. One, like I said, we receive the grace and the deliverance of God. Two, We are able to empathize with others. And three, we can actually boldly share in Christ's sufferings and in so doing, share in his comfort. So first, um, this enables us to truly receive God's comfort and deliverance. You know, when we find ourselves in Difficult spaces, these are the places that God's comfort can be resoundingly clear to us. That God can surely comfort us in our despair, in our despondency and distress. It becomes obvious that God can do so. And when you look at throughout scripture, you see writers talk about this. They talk about about it through this um, bold emotional honesty that is heart-wrenching and filled with all kinds of anguish, you see the emotional boldness and openness to share about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing. In verse 8 of our text today, Paul writes about the, the despair that he himself is experiencing. He writes, he says this, that we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. He goes on to say that we felt... That we had received the sentence of death. It means his despair was so much that he thought that that death itself was at the corner. Yet, out of such despair, out of such anguish, came the relief and comfort that only God can render. Um, You know, one of the things I love to do, I love to travel. I love to um, experience um, just different cultures of the world, eat all kinds of food. Um, but one of the things I don't like to do is to fly. I do not like flying. When it comes to the, the take, taking off or the turbulence, the landing, you would probably see me holding Caitlin's hand because I'm so scared. I'm afraid like something's about to happen. And one of those instances w- was when I got the chance to fly with my father-in-law and... Um, in his propeller plane. And yeah, that was probably the worst moment of my life. Um, We were about to land, and as we were um, approaching landing, I could tell, like, okay, something is just not right. The plane is just moving from side to side and not really um, following the angle of landing. And then as we were about to land, he decided, like, no, this is not a good landing. We're just gonna try it all over again. So he pushed, you know, he accelerated the plane and I screamed in the back of the plane, like, oh, my gosh. Oh! <laughs> I was so scared. But I, and I could not wait for us to land that plane. And we tried the second time. And as it was approaching, I'm just like, God, please, please, please. I'm praying, please land this plane, please. When we landed, my heart just, I was just like, oh, this is relief. This is comfort. Now get me off this plane. That's what I was thinking. You know, just get me off. But yeah, this is the relief I felt after that discomfort and anguish you just felt, it was just great relief. It felt good, felt good. Now, for Paul, Paul here is not talking about that kind of relief. He's not talking about some kind of quick fix to make things better, right? He's talking about something much deeper than that. Often when we think of our discomforts and our pains and our anguish, we want that quick fix. We want to to, to get rid of that pain, numb ourselves in whatever, whatever way possible. Right? Because, you know, we keep chasing and climbing up for the next high, the next ecstasy. When it comes to sadness and fear or feelings, no, we put that aside. We don't want to experience that. The wanting of a quick fix, the wanting of the next high is a sure sign that we are resisting that awareness of our emotional state. We are resisting the emotional honesty that we need. And when we do that, we hereby lose out on experiencing God's comfort, God's love and God's power. What Paul makes clear for us in our text is that his suffering and his weaknesses point to the strength of God who is able to deliver from deadly peril. Why? I think our weaknesses, our trials, our losses... They move us away from our self-sufficiency to a God-sufficiency. They move us from trusting in our own abilities to trusting in God's abilities. They give us a sense of of God being in control. And this is why Paul talks about, like, because of this, I can actually rely on God because I cannot do it on my own. So as we lean into our discomfort we can actually truly receive God's grace and God's deliverance knowing that he's the only one that can do that. Secondly we're able to graciously empathize with others. As we lean in to our discomfort we can graciously empathize with others. Now this is is a hard truth. I think that the instability that we're experiencing, the fears, the uncertainty uncertainty that we're going through right now, the reality is there are people in our world that have been experiencing this for a long time. There's a homeless population around us that have been experiencing this uncertainty for a long time, they're incarcerated. There are people who are living in under-resourced neighborhoods that are experiencing this type of instability that we are experiencing. And even now, there are others who are experiencing worse off than you or I or I. And I say this not to minimize anyone's pain, anyone's grief. I say this because I think this can help us realize and move away from this self-preservation, um, this this idea that, well, you know, of just... Um, uh, feeling sorry for yourself, but it can actually help us to empathize with those who are going through um, um, worse off situations than us. And Paul kind of talks about this in the text. In verse four, he says, "Listen, we we uh, the comfort that we we experience in our affliction is so that we can actually comfort those who are in affliction. That as we can actually press in and lean into our discomfort and experience God's grace we can now help those who are feeling um, who are afflicted who are in pain who are on the resource who who are grieving we can actually help those to experience the comfort of our Lord Jesus so one of the things that I think it's healthy for us one of the things that's good for us to 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 um, um, to do is take knowledge to be honest with what you are experiencing, with what you're feeling. If you're feeling afraid, be honest about it. If you're feeling sad, be honest about it. If you're going through some kind of loss and you're feeling um, just grief, be honest about it. We ought not to ignore or deviate or try to numb ourselves, but we actually be honest with what we are feeling. Because I, here's the thing, I, I think it's, it, it is difficult to empathize with others who are experiencing pain and grief if we ourselves cannot locate our own emotional disposition. I think what we often do, and I do this all the time, I build up, I guess what I'll call it like a second layer mechanism to deflect or avoid um, kind of what I'm feeling inside. So if I'm feeling sadness, I will resort to blaming. I might resort to doubting. I might resort to depression. Um, and this is often true with many married couples or if you're in a relationship, when uh, you instead of being vulnerable with how you're feeling, instead, you make an assessment of the situation. You try to, well, these are the facts. These are what happened. Um, this past week, I was... Um, you know, we're working from home, me and my wife, we're sharing the, the computer, the, the desk, I should say, and um, she wanted to use the desk, and, you know, I got upset, like, you why do you do this to me? Why are you telling me this now? You should have told me this before, but I wasn't expressing what I was feeling. I wasn't telling her, like, hey, I feel like you are not, um, I feel, I feel, I feel sad or or disappointed that we have not made a schedule on when this, you know, when we're going to use the the this table. Instead, I burst out with, you know, blaming her for not telling me when she wants to use the table. I think um, when we are not vulnerable, when we're not honest with what we're feeling, what happens is one, we cannot. Um, we, we, we fall into conflict. And two, um, we, we cannot locate what we're truly feeling. And therefore, not ab- we're not able to empathize with people who are feeling sadness, grief, or whatever they might be feeling. I think it's important for us to identify our own emotional state. So that we can look at others and empathize with them in their own emotional state. And then lastly as we are able to lean into our discomfort we also can boldly share in Christ's sufferings. Now we talk so much about what Christ went through. Um, We talked about him being rejected betrayed, arrested beaten crucified and killed. Yet It did not end there. It did not end there. After that, three days after he was crucified, he resurrected from the dead. And that serves as the foundational element of what we believe in our faith. That yes, while Christ was crucified, he was resurrected from the dead. So as we share in the sufferings of Christ, we share in the eternal hope That as he was raised from the dead, we ourselves are raised from the dead. Coming from that perspective, it gives us the, 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 the grounding to deal with our own temporal suffering. If God is able to raise Christ from the dead, that means, as Paul would say in another text, that our present suffering are nothing to be compared to the eternal, eternal hope that we have. And this is why verse 8, Paul can talk about relying on God, knowing that He's able to deliver Christ from the death, from death, and deliver us as well from death and our present sufferings. That's Romans 8 18. I consider that. Our present sufferings are not, uh, are not worth comparing to the glory that, we, that will be revealed in us. That our future glory and hope gives us perspective for how we deal with our current trials. So my friends, I know we want a quick fix. I know we all want this to end. I know that... Um, Yeah, we want uh, immediate resolution. And it can. It can come. I believe it can come. I believe this can end. But even if it doesn't, even if it gets worse, and we're praying it doesn't, but even if it does, we are grounded in this perspective that our eternal hope is in this true reality that though we are outwardly wasting as it says in 2 Corinthians 4, though we are outwardly decaying, yet inwardly we're renewed day by day. So may we continue, even in this season, to locate and identify our emotional disposition, whether it's sadness, fears, or despair. May we be able to vulnerably share it with God in prayer, with the community around us, So that we can boldly share in the sufferings of Jesus Christ, receive the eternal comfort that He has for us, and then be a light to our community around us as we empathize, as we share our faith, as we boldly look to Jesus, our hope, our love, and our everything. Let's pray.